Queer the City from Homotopia, The Walk, Episode 2. St. James Garden, L8. I couldn't tell you what specifically drew me here first, or what continues to draw, almost lift me back, like in Tom and Jerry, where the whiff of a fat roast chicken snakes out from the kitchen in the shape of a hand, hooks, then carries Tom by the nostrils towards her. I think it has something to do with its neatness, like right now, beneath the cathedral, where the shriek of a peregrine falcon corkscrews down from one of the high turrets into the garden below. Below the city, below sky, always. To be low, physically low, socially, spiritually, to be neath, to be low. And in that lowness, to be able to hide. A queered teenager might come here to be still in its queerness, away from the city, where each body is the stuttering arm in a broken compass stuck to one point, where each pair of eyes is a finger pointing. I was queer before I had agency to say so myself. I was decided queer by those around me. My little body making its way through the world with queer shackled to its ankles. I remember mum pouring water over my head from a jug, washing me hair in the bath, asking, do you even know what that word means? And staring hard into the silver snout of the faucet, my face was pulled apart by the distorted reflective surface. So, here, hidden, beneath, below, subtracted from the sum of the city, something queered is given permission to go unproclaimed, to go quietly. When I was 14, I think I came here to challenge myself, to scare. I mean, it is literally a graveyard, a yard full of graves of bodies that were once alive, their stone slabs lining the borders of the entrance, its winding descent, shoulder to shoulder, down into the gully, each one marking a time taken from earth, measuring its progress in loving memory and with affection. There's no etchings carved into rock or into tree, that signal a time where my particular queerness skived off school and dragged itself here to square up to itself, to ask itself questions. But I think that explains some of the journey of getting here. Starting with the cathedral itself, what it stands in signal of. I came attracted to its size, the fact of having to crane my neck entirely back and turn, raised on tiptoes, on the spot, to take it in. Big, fat helium balloons, tortured into question marks, tugging at my scalp, eddying against the Anglican's silhouette, framed by sun, by big blue. And inside, 
through the large arched portal doors. Some high up thing in the canopy above altar, above pews, above genuflect, above signs of the cross, above full of grace, the Lord is with thee, above begging, above singing, above the body of, the blood of, above all this human performance of love for God. Something I'd hoped might hold my tangle of queries, might make space for, might slowly unpick, might look after. But this was a something I knew, which also judged, but was apparently fair, so I might be able to grab forgiveness and slowly deliver. But I am a big puff, like, so the drama of singing my angst into those acoustics draped over the statues, like the forlorn widow of Christ himself, was defo a pulling point. I figured, one drama queen to another, give me a few hints, or give me a break. I don't think I believed God hated anyone, so didn't hate me. And even if he did, he also loved. I remember before suggestion of spectrum, of binary, splicing my gesture of faith, splitting my prayers evenly between the masculine and the feminine. There was God, and then Mary, mother, tucked in the descended lower right corner. The ladies' chapel was cosy, smaller, dazzled by sun through stained glass. I didn't bring questions here to be answered. I brought them to be beautiful. I brought them startled, bobbing against one another to express themselves as they were in coloured light. No need to cauterise or come to resolution, just to be beautiful in pain. Something queerness teaches itself early on. Mary's statue behind its curtain of illuminated dust particles seemed to understand this. Snake underfoot, its swollen head rearing up between bare toes. To get down into the garden, lower the stairs, turn right aside the main entrance and come to a narrow tunnelled path gated by paint cracked railings. I don't remember knowing what was down there or having a clear view of where the path's mouth opened out. Thick thistle, branch obscuring the view. But something like curiosity pressed against me lower back and palmed me over the threshold. At the time I was dissociating a lot and one of the places my brain liked to take me was Sunnydale where the blonde, long-haired, acrobatic Buffy the Vampire Slayer backflipped, cartwheeled and kick-dropped evil to dust without busting a lip. Driven by destiny to slay evil. Isolated but chosen. Othered, slanted, hair tossed back, curling off sarky one-liners, twirling a stake between her fingers before releasing vampires from their sad half-lives. I sat chiseling twigs into stakes for hours. 
conjuring a narrative forked off from my own, willing a chosenness from the queerness which had brought me here. That queerness had little to do with sex or gender, and more to do with an asideness, aside the normal, a path to the side of. I spoke to one homeless man who allowed me to be kind to him, who allowed me to perform kindness with him. Under the broad shoulders and neck of the cathedral, we made space for one another. Again, neathness, its permission, its ability, in lowness, to obscure, temporarily release perceived identities, those things we heave behind us, with history and gestures to separate us, none of which felt relevant to kindness, shared between two strangers on a bench, not queer, not homeless, up there, queered, homeless. Years later at night, two lovers come down and lay on concrete slabs in front of the mausoleum, near the natural spring. The moon bathes them. They do not blink. They do not move. They're not even sure they're breathing. They'd hurt one another accidentally. Had caused each other harm. Had come to be quiet in that harm. They came in bodies which carried love for the other which carried care, which carried pain for each other. Afterwards, they picked wild flowers and filled the empty vases in their bedrooms. 52 feet below ground, this vaguely oval-shaped quarry has called to it those queer creatures in need of sanctuary, ringing like a sound bowl, singing the lives of those it's nourished, the instrument circling its rim, the city which surrounds it. Built using natural sandstone that lay beside it, the cathedral seems to rise up in a direct expression from earth. And over there, there's a bin that says love more in white chalk. And the roots of trees lining the hill, leaning up towards the monolith, seem to be muscling up from the soil. And the leaves of those trees are a frilly green skirt, a tutu, in which, when absolutely no one is watching, the cathedral twirls in. St. James Gardens, L8, written and performed by Dave Matar. Audio produced by Laura Brown. Series produced by Alex Ferguson on behalf of Homotopia, a Unity Theatre co-commission with support from BBC Radio Merseyside. Visit homotopia.net for more info.